Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, when you came up with tonight's topic, I thought you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to get us killed or what? You know what? I, I can't take credit for tonight's topic. You know, it was uh, our tonight's guest, so I'm going to put it on him. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we can do that. We can blame it on him, but you but know what? It, but it's not a detrimental thing. It's actually to a great benefit because, you know, Greg, I talked to a lot of people about the show, and they were very, very intrigued. They wanted to know, you know, exactly what we were going to talk about, you know, how are you guys going to slant this? You know, I mean, they they wanted to know. And so I told them, listen in. Listen in tonight because tonight's show is going to be pretty informative and absolutely awesome. And we have an awesome brother that, I mean, this brother is dynamic. He is, I, I, mean, I mean, he's everything that we need for the show tonight, definitely. Yeah. You know, I, and I think he's he's got the goods and he's got the, the knowledge and the insight to back it up, too. You well, know, you know so. what, Brian, you, you said one thing. I think that what our guest is going to give tonight is truth. And and if you look at the television, watch the news, and you listen to the radio, all you've been hearing lately about is violence and domestic violence and people just doing crazy things, men just, just going crazy and, and women doing things and, we're going to talk about a lot of that tonight and the differences of how men and, and, and how we process things a little bit different and how we see things different from the ways of a woman. And, and, and you know, to be fair, the, a woman sees things um, that we see that we don't see. They see things totally different sometimes than what we see. And what we're going to try to do is level the playing field and try to understand uh, one another so we can get along. And, and this is something, Brian, we should have had him on a long time ago to talk about this. But Absolutely. He's here tonight, and, and, and he's right on time. Yes, yes. So let's, let me go ahead and introduce him. First of all, let's talk about tonight's topic. Tonight's topic is called Pockets and Purses, the Differences Between Men and Women. That's tonight's topic, ladies and gentlemen, pockets and purses, the differences between men and women. And tonight's special guest is author and pastor Dr. Donald Morton. And Dr. Donald Morton is the senior pastor and founder of the Perfected Life Church of Wilmington Ware. And he believes God must be taught in the process of principles and with a prophetic passion in order for true change and maturity to take place in a person's life. And He's also an aggressive entrepreneur and has embarked upon and completed several business ventures to include the Perfected Life Bible Institute, Signature Business Network, and is working on a future release of a new magazine called The Signature, an online magazine for the 21st century urban Christian and Perfected Life television broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to our show again Dr. Donald Morton. Dr. Martin, are you there? I'm here, man. How are you? We are blessed. How about you, my friend? Man, it's an incredible day. I was uh, listening to, you know, you guys uh, do your thing, man. This is going to be a phenomenal time. We're excited. I tell you what, we're excited. And 
we're finally going to get an opportunity to talk about some real deep issues that a lot of people won't talk about. A lot of churches, they won't talk about them. A lot of counselors and pastors, a lot of them, they won't talk about these things, but these are things that I think we need to all air out and get it all out in the open right now. Because you've seen on the news, uh, Dr. Morton, uh, where people are committing uh, domestic violence, uh, the, the, the economy is terrible right now, and that's affecting homes, and people are just fighting. What do you think the difference is between the pocket and the purse? Man, that, that's a very good question. First, uh, let me, as I always do, applaud you brothers for advancing the kingdom in the way that you guys advance the kingdom. I haven't been on in a while, uh, but, man, you're still doing your thing, and people are still being blessed. Uh, I still continue to talk with people that are blessed by your broadcast. And so uh, keep doing your thing, man. I think that God is extremely pleased with it. It's fruitful, and people are being uh, the better as a result of listening in. Um, But to answer your question, you know, there are some, and and, uh, let's say from the beginning, this is a very, as, as you've already said, a very controversial kind of concept, one in which the Church of the Lord Jesus really has kind of refrained from dealing with. But I think it has to be dealt with, and it has to be, there has to be some clarity concerning the difference between the pocket and the purse. Uh, the, the, the reason I talk about it is because uh, we have to first acknowledge that there are very overt and clear differences between the two sexes. And uh, quite frankly, while uh, there are people that would argue that there are more similarities than there are differences, I have seen more differences than there are similarities. And quite frankly, in this time in particular, one of the things we'll talk about tonight is in this time, this time of difficulty, this time of challenge, we don't need men acting like sisters in this time. Somebody has to be strong. And ladies are looking to us to provide that kind of leadership, uh, that kind of stability in this kind of this kind of season and time. So there are a couple of words we're going to look at today. I'm inviting everybody to call, give input, because it's going to be a phenomenal time as we explore the differences between the two. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of the questions that you know, that I've been not necessarily bombarded with, but I've been asked is, you know, how come men, you know, and this is, you know, I've been asked by women, how come men think that they know everything about raising a son that a woman can't raise a son the same way a man can? Oh, boy, you you just going to jump right into oil. <laughs> well, well, okay. Let, let's do it this way, man. Uh, there are there are five words. Let, let's let's do it this way. There are five words, uh, Hebrew words that describe a man. Okay, the first word that we'll recognize clearly is the word Adam. It mm-hmm. it, it is what we call Adam. Adam mm-hmm. is. Uh, 
if you look it up, it means to be red-faced. The revelation of that, however, is that Adam or Adam is in complete control, but he is also red-faced or immature, which means that it's possible to have a brother who is called to be uh, uh, in authority, but if he is not mature enough to walk in that authority, then you've got the precursor to the next word, which is ish, and you you, you really don't have quite the man yet. Here's, here's the difference between the two. You remember this word ish in Hebrew is the word for husband. And what most ladies are marrying, gentlemen, is they're marrying Adam. Adam is is called to be an authority, but he's immature, and Ish is called to be a husband. But you don't marry Adam because Adam is not the marrying kind. Adam will purchase sneakers and not pampers. Not because he's not a man, but because he's not matured yet enough to the place of relationships where he can function in that kind of role. Does that make sense to you? Um, Adam is very immature. That's why the, the, the scripture says that Eve makes a decision for the family that she was never really supposed to make. Adam does not stand up to her because while he's in authority, he's immature. Hmm. You, you understand? So Adam, he he likes marriage, but he ain't ready for marriage because there's a process by which Adam becomes ish. And the process, watch, is this third word called gabar. Now, now here's where we need to deal with the 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 whole deal around whether or not men need to raise young boys and and, and ladies, and whether there's a difference. Um. Only a man, man, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Y'all going to get a lot of letters on this. (laughs) Uh, Only a brother can raise a brother. That's just the way it is. Now, Uh now, uh Say that again. Only a brother, only a man can raise a young man. Because there are some distinct differences. Now, now, can a mom, you know, I was raised by my mother, Uh, my dad. Uh, and my mom separated years ago. My dad moves to California, and when they're about to reconcile, he dies. He comes back in a in a in a casket, and all of the questions that I have are buried with my dad. It wasn't that my mom didn't do a good job. She taught me integrity. She taught me character. She taught me to keep my word. But man, in that casket were a bunch of unanswered questions that my mother could never deal with. Not because she's not a good mother, but she can ne- she can always be the greatest mother she can be, but she can never be a good father. What our society is saying, you can trace it back now, what our society is saying as it relates to the crime rate elevated, all of those things, here's the common denominator. The fathers are absent from the home. That's statistics. Mm-hmm. Got it? And so what we've got to do is we've got to reintroduce manhood into society and we've got to reintroduce what we were originally called to be we've got to grow up as men we've got to raise our young boys watch 
we even have to raise our young girls. Because a part of what society also says is that a young girl, while we can't teach her to be a young girl, there's a voice of a father that she needs to impart to her. And the Bible says, if I be your father, where's my honor? Where, where's this place that I have in the home where you can get my voice into your heart and cause you to make some better decisions? You know why sisters are crying out there? They're crying because they were raised without this man that is supposed to be in the home to give them some sense of direction. They, they're, not, they're dating dudes that they don't need to date because dad ain't there. There's a bunch of things going on going on around this manhood issue. Mm. I, you know, and I totally agree with you. I was actually talking with somebody, so I'm going to back you up on that word where you said there's certain things that a man has to be able, that a man teaches a man that a woman can't teach him. And I was talking with somebody, and they were saying how, well, I raised my son, and he's a good man. I said, yes, but. He had to see another man to emulate, to exemplify those morals, those standards. You could talk to him about being a man till you're blue in the face, but you can't walk in a man's shoes to demonstrate what a man is to him. He had to see another upright man in order to become that upright man. Well, well, that's so true. Now, now catch this. I want to make a statement that will back even what you just backed up. A woman can raise a good male, but she can never raise a man. Manhood is a position. I was born a male, but I was taught to be a man. Mm. You understand that? I was born a male. I'm born with uh, this, this, you know, the capabilities to reproduce as a male. But manhood is a position that is taught. And so unless I understand that, what, what, what takes place is I forget the importance. And, 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 guys, listen, man, let me pause a moment and celebrate our sisters. I celebrate sisters who have been forced in many regards to do it by themselves without us being there. So I'm not I'm not I'm not bashing sisters tonight. I know you brothers were not bashing sisters tonight, but what I am doing is elevating the consciousness of every male that's in the process of manhood so that the brothers can be more accountable, understand who they are, ladies can understand who we are and we can all get along and do what we need to do. She can raise a male. My mother raised a male, but I was taught manhood by someone that wasn't my natural father because my natural father died. And it's not a casting an aspersion upon my mother. She did the best she could, but she could not teach me manhood because manhood is the byproduct of manhood. Awesome, awesome, well said. Dr. Morton, we have a lot of callers on the line right now. Callers, please hold on. We're going to come to you in a, in, in a little bit. But we want to get a little bit further into the discussion before we open the phone lines up. But please, we thank you so much for for calling in. Dr. Morton, I want to ask you about women, and I hope some of the women will call in to help me understand. Um, do you think women have a problem with uh, learning uh, how to be loved by a man? 
And and I say that because sometimes it, it just seems like some women can't accept a man's love. You understand what I'm saying? I do understand, man. And let, let me let me. I, I think, uh, Greg, we gotta own that. You gotta. I think a part of that is something we have to own as brothers. Uh, a lot of the damage that has been done to sisters uh, is done by. Remember, we talked about this process, right? We're 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 getting penalized. Uh, as being brothers once we're mature, once we enter a sister's life, by the time they enter our lives or we enter their lives and we're mature, they have been approached by so many Adams and been involved with so many Adams that they don't know ish when they see them. Mm. You, you understand? And so a lot of that is our fault. I mean, we're, we're really not doing the best job, brothers, at uh, honoring women and, and presenting an example for our sons on how to honor women. We're, we're not really doing a good job of that. So by the time we enter their lives, there's a whole lot of baggage that we've got to unpack, stuff that we have nothing to do with, right? Mm-hmm. And because of that, we've got to be patient enough to remember just how many brothers have violated them. Not real men, but males have violated them. And, you know, so we get a lot of damaged goods. And the truth of the matter is not only do we get damaged goods, but they get damaged goods too in dealing with us. You know what I'm saying? There's a heart cry for brothers who don't have fathers in their lives. You know, I remember breaking down at the casket. Everybody's thinking, I'm tripping because my dad has died. I'm tripping because here's a dude that left me, went all the way to California, you know, died there and had the audacity to die before he answers my question. So I'm angry. I'm crying because I'm angry. Mm -hmm. You you understand? And so when sisters come into our lives, there's a whole lot of baggage we're unpacking. They're unpacking baggages. And, and, man, it's a trip because most of them, uh, I, I had, I've got a book that's coming out. My daughter, a part of one of the chapters dedicated to my daughter, she had a long talk with me. And uh, a part of what she said is what we're going to deal with hopefully a little bit tonight, and that is, Daddy, I don't really know how to be involved with a good man. Mm. You, you hear her statement? I don't know. She said, the nice dudes, I can't handle that. And so there's a generation of ladies out there who would much, now watch this, they say they don't, but there's a generation of ladies out there that have to have a thug. They got to have a thug. They say they don't want a thug. They say they want a saved brother. But what they really want is a thug they hope is saved. Wow. Let me let me let me say this. Let me well let me ask this question, and it it's so important uh, for me to ask this. Women somehow tell me if I'm wrong. I want you to talk about it. We want to talk about this. Do you think women create the man that they want in their mind? They imagine this man. They create this man in their mind. And when the person that she's dating or uh, about to marry 
can't match up to the standards of her imagination, do you think that she just just give up on this man and she becomes angry? Um, what happens? Well, I think a couple of things happen, man. Number one, um, women want a man till they get one. <laughs> a man that can be manipulated into being someone created ain't a man. Now, oh. hear my heart with this. A man that can be manipulated into being something that his wife wants, because really, you know, I've been married 15 years, man, and I've been on both sides of the fence. I was in process for a while. And I will tell you that uh, one of the most difficult things about relationships is a sister praying for a brother until a brother becomes a brother and she can no longer manipulate him. So every lady has a storybook in her mind around what she wants a brother to be. At the end of the day, though, brothers, it's our responsibility to measure up to the standard God has and never to the standard that ladies have, unless what ladies have set as a standard meets what God has set as a standard. And there are some things that, uh, again, we've got to be better at. But, for example, let, let's talk about this. Uh, a brother doesn't really care about a lot of things that women care about. We've got to be honest about that. Right, my wife comes home. She says, "Baby, I was just in the in the grocery store, and those doggone greens was a dollar ninety nine. They was, you know, forty nine cents. What are they doing with all these? See, I'm I'm shutting down. You got it? Because I don't care about that. Right? Right. <laughs> we we don't we don't care about that. We care about things now. Now, when ladies say brothers don't communicate, that's not true." That's not true. We communicate in a language and to people that speak our language. And when a lady says something to us that we're not interested in, that's not our language. That's why you can have brothers at a football game in zero-degree weather with their shirts off communicating about something both of them enjoy. But you can talk with a lady about Mary Kay. We, we're, we're, it's two different languages there. And a part of what has to happen is, while I have to respect who she is and what she brings to the table and her differences, so must she respect who I am and the differences God has created me to be. Because, now here's something controversial, but I'm going to say it. Listen, the difficulty is, if I'm not careful, I'll have a lady make me her best girlfriend, and I'll cease to be her man. And if that were the case, if that's what she really wanted, <laughs> you understand? Know uh -huh. If she wanted a best girlfriend, she could have done something different. Right. You right. got it? But when she brought me into her life, she brought a man into her life and not someone that she hoped she could manipulate into being someone other than what God has designed him to be. And, you know... That, that's, that's strange that you that the way you put it. Not well. I don't. I don't want to say strange. I want to say it's intriguing because I see a lot of relationships that go that way mm -hmm. because they're looking for 
on one side, they want a man because they want that stability. They want that comfort level. They want, you know, and, and, you know, and the same thing goes for on the flip side with men. Absolutely. Men want that comfort zone. They want that stability in their life. They want somebody to be able to, you know, to shore them up on the, on the sides where they're, where they're not so sure. And at the same time, they want to be able to say, well, I'm in charge. I'm the man of the house, you know. Right. You know, or the women will say, well, you don't, you don't satisfy me. I'm not satisfied with the life I have. Because my girlfriend has this or, you know, I mean, and that's what we get. And it's like, you know, in my, in, in my humble opinion, I'll just say it like this. I think that as men, we look at different things in different ways for comfort, for satisfaction, for obedience than women do. You know, and so just like you said earlier, a lot of the things that are not, important to us may be important to them but we look at what's important to us and what is supposed to be what we feel is important for the stability of that relationship and, and when i say men i mean the ish not the adam the ish. absolutely <laughs> see i absolutely. got that absolutely you know a, a part of what has to happen man is i, I want to give you a revelation see if you can see this you remember by the time Adam gets married. Mm-hmm. He's ish, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible says that God puts him to sleep. Mm-hmm. And he brings the woman to her. And when Adam awakens, the Bible says, he says, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. And I believe God told me this recently. He said, I put Adam to sleep so that he wouldn't choose based on the lust of his eyes. Mm. Catch this. So that when Adam awakens, his choice is made for him based on something more substantive than the lust of his eyes, the lust of his flesh, and the pride of life. Right. And there has to be some 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 more substantive view. You know, a lot of times we're talking about, you know, what has to happen with uh, having knowledge of, you know, dwell with our wives according to knowledge. But the flip side, as Greg said, is true that they have to dwell with us according to knowledge as well. They've got to know how we function uh, and be able to uh, deal with us according to the makeup of how God has created us because at the end of the day, we're going to return to who God has created us. We can we can flip and make you okay for a second, but we're going to return to who we are. Yes, yes. You know, I, I have one more thing I want to ask. And this one might get me in trouble. So, Uh-oh. you know, guys, back me up if you believe in it. Tell me if I'm wrong. Guys, I think we're already in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, and it's funny because I was actually teaching this. I, uh, I taught a class on sexual purity and uh, chastity today mm-hmm. at, uh, at a conference at my church. And we were talking about that very same verse, you know, in the Bible where it talks about uh, Adam was presented with Eve. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, she didn't have a name. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, I was telling the kids, you got to remember that Adam's job was not to just have a help me. His job was to name That's right. all the animals. So he had even given her a name. He declared who she was, and then he gave her a name. I said, so Adam, at the point before he got married, was still doing his job. 
That's right. He was still on his job. And so here's my question. You know, when, when brothers have to, and, and this is probably going to be funny more than serious, but when brothers have to work late, mm-hmm. why do women always think they're up to something? <laughs> hey, let, let me say this. Remember now, remember this process, right? Remember I said we're being penalized by Adam, mm. even when we've become ish. Ah. And unfortunately, there are a lot of Adams, Adams, who said they were working late and weren't working late. So Ish comes along, and Ish works late, but Ish reminds her of Adam. Aha. Uh-huh. Got it? So Ish, Ish says, hey, hey baby, i gotta, I got to spend some time after, after work. i got to put these hours in. And let me even minister to ladies. You know, a man... Here's another word. A man is gebar in the Hebrew. It means he's a weight bearer. He will evaluate what a situation needs and take it on himself. He's already evaluated his capability of handling the situation. And when he says, I got it, I got it. Now, now here, here's what ladies have to understand. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, we ain't got enough money flowing in here. And then when a brother starts to evaluate that and says, I'll take up another job and even a third job to make ends meet, you can't then come back to him and say, you ain't giving me no time. <laughs> no, you can't do that because it's, it's an overload to him. He said, okay, you told me that we didn't have enough money. So what I heard was, bring some more money in the house. Now that I'm bringing more money in the house, you upset because I ain't got no time. Now, it's, it's one or the other. I'm created to bear weight. I'm created for pressure. God has designed me. Listen, here's, here's something that's important. Every man needs a mountain to become ish. Oh, man. Listen, every man needs a difficult moment to come through a process. He remains immature until he has a mountain. And you'll see that all throughout Scripture. Moses changes at a mountain. Jesus changes at a mountain. So every man needs a mountain to be able to process. Now, here's what ladies have to remember. You can't, and this is why, See if you guys agree with me. This is why it takes a man to raise a young man. Because mommy will look at a young man and tell him, you don't have to clean your room. It's okay. Mommy got it. Daddy said, no, 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 no. Boy, get in your room and clean the room. Because daddy is going to preach responsibility. Daddy ain't emotional. Daddy's going to preach responsibility. Son, you take care of the room, I take care of you. Mommy said, don't, don't worry about it. Because every man needs a mountain, responsibility, pressure to be able to fully become who God has called him to be. If he doesn't have it, watch, he malfunctions. <laughs> he has to have a mountain. 
He has to have something that defines him. Every man comes out better after a difficulty than when he went in. Every man does. Mm. I said something right there, guys. Yes, you yeah. do. <laughs> you understand? Every man needs a mountain. Every man needs difficulty. He needs pressure. So by the time you say, by the time our wives say, we need more money coming in here, he said, okay, more money, me work, I process, I'm going to go get another job. And then she trips, you ain't here for the kids, you ain't here, no, but, but that ain't what you said. That ain't what I heard. I heard more money, and that ain't on you, that's on me. I'm created for pressure. I got this. Mm. Mm. Brian, I think it's time for us to go to the callers. Yes, because <laughs> I want to hear what they, I want to, I definitely want to hear what callers think about the topic tonight. So let's start off with caller from the 609 area code. You're live on the Abundant Solutions Hour. Caller? They may just be listening. They may just be listening. 302. All right. Let's try the caller from the 202 area code. Caller, you're on live with the Abundant Solutions Hour. How you doing? This is Jacob, and um, I agree with um, the brother you have on right now. Um, I, I would say that, um, and one thing is that it seems to me that a lot of times that women want you to conquer the world from underneath them, and that's an impossibility. That's something that can't be done. For us men, just like uh, the speaker just said, that uh, we have to work and we have to toil. We have to do things in order to get things done in the world to make a household household prosperous, and I think that a lot of times that, uh, that a lot of cases that women don't see that. Mm. All right, all right. Thank you for that. But, but caller, do you have a question for Mr. Morton? Was there something that he said that's that just that's just standing out with you? Well, what I would say is this is that um, I, I come from perspective. Um, um, I was actually raised by my father, so and – what I see is uh, a lot of times with men that didn't necessarily have that male role model is that there's a there's a distinct difference. And, in fact, the majority of my friends that I grew up with were the same way. It's that the way it was a difference in the way that we communicate to each other, things like that. Um, and I'm going to ask the, uh, the, uh, the uh, speaker, um, do you guys also see that kind of difference in men that, that grew up with um, male role models and those that didn't? I, I think we see a uh, – that's a good question, man. And I think um, we're seeing a very distinct difference between those that were raised with their fathers and those that were raised without dad at home. And we're seeing it expressed through violence. Uh, uh, I often say in my community – here in Delaware, that there is a story, brothers, behind every pull trigger, that brothers just don't wake up the next day and set out to kill somebody. There's a story, man. And the Bible says in the last day what's going to happen is God's going to return the hearts of fathers to their sons. And I think that's what has to happen in order for some true change to take place. The strength of every nation is the male population. Catch that. 
The strength of every nation is the male population. When brothers are strong, families are strong, communities are strong. And we've got to get out of, uh, and I think it begins with us. You know, uh, I've, I've got, I've had 15 years of marriage, some difficult moments, but in the difficult moments, What's important to me is I've got an almost 15-year-old son that needs his father. It ceases to be about my wife. It's about my son. And making sure that I give him what was not given me. Listen, one of, I heard this quote recently where a brother said, it's easy, a brother in my church, he said, most people say, you know, give back what was given to you. And one of my brothers, the guy that's overseeing my men's ministry, he said it this way. He said, it's easy to give what was given to you. Give something that wasn't given to you. If your father wasn't there, give fatherhood to somebody. Impart wisdom. Be there for your child. Be there for your young man, even if your father wasn't there for you, so that we can shift the cycle that we're currently involved in with fatherless households. Because, man... When that happens, when we've got fathers in the house, our communities change. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I wholeheartedly agree because, you know, I grew up with friends that didn't have their fathers in the house. You know, I grew up with my father in the house, and, you know, I could definitely tell you that I am one of very few people that, you know, I grew up with from, let's say, elementary school that made it, that actually made it and got out of the you know, the traps and the snares of living in, you know, the the lower parts of the socioeconomic realm, so to speak. Right, right. You know, so, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, and I attribute a lot of that to the fact that I didn't just have a father in the house, but I also had uncles and older cousins and other men that I could look up to and look to for guidance. I even had one who's actually still my mentor, and uh, it was uh, one of my uncle's best friends. Right. You know, and so it's like I always had strong, upright men to look for, look toward and look to. That's right. That, that That's exactly right. You know, we're beginning a program here, man, uh, where we're designing a school uh, where, because we understand that ladies, single-parent households, uh, in a large percentage are being run by ladies. And we're developing a school right now for all young men. And we're doing it in such a way that their fathers must be involved. Now, a lot of what's happening is dad and mom ain't getting along. And, and there will be many sisters who don't agree with what I'm saying, but I've seen it in the system where sisters hold all the cards. And so if sister's mad with dad, dad don't always get a chance to see his child. Don't let, uh, you know, our society and the media fool you. There are some brothers that don't want to be involved. That That is absolutely the case. But a great percentage of brothers want to be involved. But because of this tiff that they've got with their, you know, with their former partner or wives or whatever the case may be, they are oftentimes kept from their children mm-hmm. and don't know how to navigate the process to be involved. So isn't it amazing? Here's something I found out, man. It's amazing that because uh, sisters are the primary custodial parent, with child support, they're given a lawyer. But a brother's got to walk in there without one. 
The system is imbalanced. And it's not set up for brothers to be productive in family life. And so I've set my heart to change that because otherwise what happens is we continue to have a growing emergence of fatherless homes if we don't provide a platform for them to be involved. Yeah. And I'm not giving the brothers excuses that are just deadbeats. I ain't talking about them. But I'm talking about a significant group of brothers who really want to be men, man. And even when uh, you guys were talking about mentoring, this this phrase, it's a man touring my life. Mentoring, a man touring my life. And I've got to be available to him to tour. My son needs to tour my life. Mm. You understand? If I'm not here for him to tour my life, then am I really being a good father? And I can't let mom, grandma, the system, or nobody else keep me away from raising the next generation of ish so our societies can be better. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, we, we don't want to lose any of the callers here. Let's go to the caller in the 302 area code. Caller, you're on live with the Abundant Solutions Hour. Yes, good evening. This is uh, Brother Mike calling in from the 302 Delaware. All right. Doing, brother? All right. And uh, first of all, I have been blessed by listening in to this program, and I want to uh, uh, commend Dr. Donald for his passion and his obedience to the Spirit of the Lord in taking on some very tough issues and oh. much respect. Um, yes. And I just want to weigh in on a couple of points, if I can, and do it as briefly and simply as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I want to be in agreement because it's true that I that it does take a man uh, to interve- intervene and usher help to usher. Uh, a young man through the transition into manhood because, as they say, iron sharpens iron, for one thing. Um, that is my belief, and it has proven to be true for me. My parents, uh, they separated and divorced when I was very young, age nine. And, you know, my mother initially took on the responsibility for raising three boys and, 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 and one girl. And But it just so happened that uh, after a short period of time, my mother met a young man. Uh, I, he was a young man when they met, you know what I mean? Uh, yes. But this guy was considered by most to be, you know, uh, not up to par with society's ideal of uh, upstanding black man. You know, they called him a hustler and this, that, and the other. But let me tell you something. He was a man. Uh, he not only fell in love with my mother when he was only like 32 years old and she, he knew that she had four kids, he fell in love and cared for us and help raise us into adulthood. And to this day, even though my biological father was, was still in my life, he was not actively involved in, in mentoring me, as you say, Dr. Donald. Yes, sir. And, and so, therefore, he could not get offended when this man was so close to me that I called him dad, you know? And, and I'm 45 years old, and guess what? I still call him dad. And... um. He did usher me into it. Now, I give big ups to my mother because my mother was willing to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week to care for her children. But that's what she was able to do is care for. Right. She was not able to teach us how to be men. She was a caregiver, and she did the best that she could with positive results. And um, I just wanted to share that up front. 
you know, and, and, and just to say, you know, and but I also have to disagree with you for one thing, uh, Dr. Donald, and mm-hmm. that is that, no, she wasn't the one that said, baby, you ain't got to clean your room. Because <laughs> when, when she came home six after 16 hours, guess what? I don't even have to say the rest. <laughs> she didn't play. It was yes, ma'am, no, I mean, yes, ma'am, period. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, you guys have had a dynamite topic tonight, and I've enjoyed listening. At first I was a little anxious to speak, but you know what? Sometimes it's best to listen because I think I got blessed more from being still and being quiet. Wow. Amen. Wow. Amen. Awesome. We thank you for joining us. Okay. All right. Uh, Next, let's try the 404 area code. You are live on the Abundant Solutions Hour. Four zero four. All right, maybe they're just listening in, and that is quite all right. Brian, I have a question. Yes. It's more of a, a statement, and I, and I think this is happening in, in a lot of homes. Is, I, I, and, I, and I can only speak from a man's side of this, when there's no support, and I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about support when you're supporting and standing up for your man. When 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 a man has dreams and goals and types of things that he need, he needs that woman's support. He he doesn't need her to say that dream is is that's crazy. You can't do this. You shouldn't do that. I, I really believe that if, if a woman would support her man a little bit more and pray with him and just tell him how great he is and and push him to the limit, I mean, just push him to the point where he, he's doing everything he can to make his dreams come true. I really believe that that, that that marriage or that relationship, the bond will be so strong that she will have the man that she's always dreamed of having. But, but Dr. Morton, why is it that a lot of women don't support their husbands? Oh, dude, man, I was just waiting for you to stop talking so I could jump on this. <laughs> this is this is my heartbeat. I, I taught something recently, uh, Greg and Brian, called the perfect ten. And the perfect ten is this picture of the Proverbs 31 woman. We have to begin at this premise that she's married to a great man because the Bible says that he's known well in the gate. He sits among the elders of the city. He's a great dude. Here's something I found out. I found out that and this this is a topic for a whole nother time, but I'm going to throw it out there. I found out that arranged marriages are 75% likely to succeed. Yes. And I found out that the Western culture of marriage, ends in, it ends in about 60%. What's the difference between the two? The difference between the two is in arranged marriages, women are raised with a certain value system to be married to a great man. In our Western culture, where the ladies are raised, now here's the difference, Greg. See, mm-hmm. see if you agree with me, man. The difference okay. is our ladies now are being raised to stand by a lazy man. So if he's lazy, just be there for him, baby. No, 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 no. And so when they're raised to be married to a lazy dude, they don't know how to handle a great man. 
because both of them have issues, but a great man's issues are totally different. He's a dreamer. He's got goals, and he'll sell the farm to meet to reach his goals. So ladies don't know how to stand by that kind of dude because they've been raised to stand by a lazy guy. It's, it's what Brian said earlier. Okay, you know, he, he's now... You know, he's at the office too much because he's a dreamer. He's a great dude. He's a great man. And I think where we have to get back to is we've got to get back to teaching ladies how to be married to a great man, how to be married to a dude that's making it happen. And and even, I want to say this before I leave this topic, isn't it, isn't it funny? <laughs> isn't it funny, gentlemen, how I want to show you how disrespected we've been. Isn't it funny that Mother's Day comes and it's major? You got it. <laughs> Mother's Day comes and they get jewelry and they get cars and clothes. And Father's Day comes and we get socks. And ties. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. Soap on a rope. We get soap on a rope. You know what I'm saying? And it's because there has been a subtle allowance and access of disrespect toward manhood. You know, it's and, funny. I, I want to cut you off just real quick and say this. You know, it's funny because for years I would get, like, just whatever small stuff. And last year my daughter, I have a, a daughter that's 12, and a daughter and son that's 12 that are twins and a daughter that's 9, but my oldest daughter, decided that she was going to do something special for daddy. Mm -hmm. And so they went out and they bought me some jewelry. That's what's up. And I was like, whoa. That's you know, and it blew me away for the simple fact that, you know, I ain't never bought, nobody, the most I've ever gotten was like a little $20 watch, a $30 watch here and there. They went out and spent money and bought me some jewelry. Right. And I make sure I wear that thing every chance I That's get. That's right. That's right. That's you right. Know, that's right. Here's here's what we all should do, brothers. I mean, if we're going to continue to be disrespected like that, let's just buy all of our wives stockings. <laughs> oh, oh. See, see how well it would go over if all of us just presented our wives, baby, happy Mother's Day, here's some stockings. <laughs> they would not tolerate that. <laughs> they wouldn't tolerate it, and I don't want any of us to do that. But what I'm saying is if they wouldn't tolerate it, there has to be, again, remember, if I be the father, where is my honor? If I'm providing for this house, if I'm making it happen, if I'm the priest of God for this house, just appreciate me. You got it? Because I've crossed over. I'm not a dom. I'm ish. I'm a weight bearer, I'm Gabar, I'm Zakar, I'm distinctively different, I'm Enosh, I've got some emotion with me. Acknowledge me for who I am, but just don't disrespect who God has created me to be because I'll malfunction. I'll stop functioning like who I'm created to be if there's no honor in place. Mm, that's so true. That's so true. I think when, and, and you said it best, I, I think, I, I really believe that and this is something that a lot of us don't do. I, I, praying with your spouse on a daily basis mm -hmm. 
How can you go wrong? How can one go wrong by doing that? Do you I, think? I do you think that mm-hmm. we just don't do that enough? Do you think we just don't bond enough? Well, I, I think I think a couple of things, man. I think uh, praying together. It, that's what I heard you say, right? Yes, yes. Praying together works for some families. You got it. I'm careful not to make praying together as it relates to actually being in the same place. I'm careful not to make that a law because what I've heard is a number of sisters uh, and brothers who have said, well, if we were praying together, things uh, would be a little different. I'm not necessarily certain that's the case. I think the Bible teaches agreement, and I can agree without being without us holding hands and and praying together because sometimes our schedules don't allow, but God still demands agreement and unity. You you follow what I'm saying? So, for example, you know, you got one sister who, you know, works 7 to 3. You got another one works 11 to 7. They they may not have time for that, but they can also, they can always be in agreement. Mm -hmm. And I think the Bible says, remember uh, Psalms, uh, I believe 127, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build, except the watchman keep the city, so on and so forth. And he talks about this place of agreement, this unity place of agreement that God desires for every family to be in. And the Bible says that there's a commanded blessing. In Psalm 133, there's a commanded blessing that belongs to every unified effort. And I think you bring up a wonderful point that families have got to get back to unity. And unity doesn't mean we all act alike. Unity means we all function like a puzzle. I got my part, children got their part, mom got her part. And when all of us are doing our part, there's a picture created that God is pleased with. Mm, that agreement, that agreement is serious. Yes, sir. That That is so serious. And, and, and that scripture is Matthew 18 and 19. Yes. 18, chapter 19, verse. Yes. If you if you have ears and you can hear what I just said, look that up. It'll, yes, it, it's right on point. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, I think we we've done a we got to do another show. I, I mean, that's what I'm trying to get out. We got to do another show because you know I think we really need to bring the female perspective in. We didn't have any. We had one female caller that. Um, had asked us not to go to her because she was, you know, there's a lot of noise in the house, but she did have some things that she talked about that we kind of discussed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we really didn't have the number of female callers that I thought would call in. You know, we didn't have that, that type of participation, and I think we need their input, mm-hmm. you know, because we really need to know what how women think. We need right. them to help us to understand because you're not going to be able to get a man to think like a woman and still act like a man. That's right. Because it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. That's right. And so we need women to tell us how they think so we can understand, not so that we can think like them. Right. It's just so that we can understand when we think like us. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Give me the freedom to be who I am. And I want to give my wife the freedom to be who she is. You got it. Don't don't try to make me your your girlfriend. I ain't your girlfriend. I'm your husband. I'm a man. I'm a different species. I'm simplistically complex. 
You got it. And if I'm not studied, you know, uh, if if I'm not paid attention to, you know, then uh, you'll never understand me. You got it. And and there are some very some very basic characteristics of manhood that brothers that ladies have to understand and brothers have to understand about themselves. And so I agree that a whole nother show needs to be done with ladies involved. Uh, and, and I want to overemphasize, hopefully I didn't come off like I'm bashing ladies. I love ladies. They, they've stood in the gap for us. Uh, I think my heart now is to make sure that every brother possible can stand up and be raised up to be the men of God I know God's created us to be. Yes, yes, yes. Pastor, before you go, we want you to um, tell us a little bit about some of the things you have upcoming uh, in your ministry. Uh, also, tell us about how uh, our listeners can get your books and the other materials that you have, you okay. know, because we want to promote you as well. I appreciate that, man. I pastor Perfected Life Church, a phenomenal church uh, in Wilmington, Delaware, growing by leaps and bounds. And, uh, you know, we got... We just did something, man, we call the Pillar Awards. We honored ladies in our community that have made significant impact. Uh, we've got Resurrection Weekend coming up where Trey Howard is coming. He's the brother of Stephen Hurd. He's coming. And, uh, you know, we've got some things. I'm preaching on Good Friday, and then Sunday we got a play going on. It's a phenomenal weekend. And uh, But most, I think what's really on my heart is we're doing this Shop Talk tour. And we're going into different barber shops, and we're talking to the brothers about what's on their hearts so that we can provide some answers. And uh, we're developing a community development corporation that's just for brothers. It's, it's just for men dealing with men issues and uh, around child support and, you know, uh, getting them an education and how to bridge the gap between them and their children, those kinds of things. Wow. So that's really where my heart has been, man, to see brothers strengthened and strong, the family structure strengthened and strong. Uh, so those are the things we got going on. I wrote a book, man. Uh, it's at the editors as we speak. It's called Sharper Image, Bringing Manhood into Clear Focus. And uh, they'll be able to order that book or pre-order that book at, by calling 302-324-8801 or writing uh, to Perfected Life Church, Sharper Image, Post Office Box 2326, Wilmington, Delaware, 19899. Or they can visit us on the web at perfectedlife.org. Hit me on Facebook, hit me on Twitter, hit me on MySpace. Uh, I got all of them, man, so that they can reach out and I can continue to minister the gospel. Awesome, awesome. And we thank you again for joining us. Greg, do you have any uh, last words before we close out the show? Yes, we need to have him come back on. And I want to say this. We're going to do a special show tomorrow for everybody that's listening, and it's going to be about domestic violence, hmm. uh, why men beat women. Wow. Again, that topic is why men beat women. Yes, uh, and it'll be a two-hour show. It's a special wow. show that we're doing that because we that's a topic that we really need to dedicate a two-hour show to one, and we really need to discuss it, especially in light of the recent issues uh, regarding, you know, a lot of our entertainment uh, folks that have been in that particular, you know, situation. So great show. Please join us tomorrow on that. Uh, with that being said, uh, Pastor, we thank you again for joining us. Thank you, man.
Yes, and you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Please join us tomorrow evening, 9 p.m., for our special two-hour show. We bid you good evening, God bless you all, and good night.